Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. Can you believe it's the end of season three? Hard to believe that yeah. you put up with me for this long. <laughs> <laughs> you do kind of bully me a lot, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. You're going to make me a sandwich. <laughs> That's bullying <laughs> as an adult. Yeah, that's right. Also the end of 2020. Woo! Thank you. We all know scientifically and astrologically. Yes. As soon as the calendar turns, everything's good. Yeah. I mean, the coronavirus knows as soon as New Year's hits. Get out of here. Get yeah. out of town with that business. This is our listener's choice epipod. They've actually been pretty kind to us. Speaking of bullying, they could have voted to have us talk about something like Mark Cohn's first album. Okay. Years ago, Bruce Hornsby's son was playing college basketball, and there was an article about him in the comment section. Someone said, oh, that's nothing. Mark Cohn's son is a walk-on at Memphis. <laughs> I shouldn't love that so much, but that really it's got so me. so good. This is the yeah. best. Yeah, so we could, we could have done Mark Cohn's yeah. debut and, I'm assuming, only album. Or we could have had to review Taylor Swift's first album, Fearless. She Jordan suggested that. Jordan won our listener's choice for season two and made us review NSYNC's debut album, yeah. which was annoying because we didn't even get to do Bye Bye Bye. Right. We had to settle for the tripe that they were <laughs> sloshing out. And he was trying to do the same thing with Taylor Swift, but Matt, you were smarter. In round one, you pitted yep. Taylor Swift's latest album, Folklore, against Fearless. And of course, that's going to win and went all the way to the top. In the end, it was... Folklore, which was entered by Abby Fairbank versus The Killer's Hot Fuss, entered by Kyle Hill. I'll be honest, Abby, I was pulling for folklore, and we'll see why. But congratulations to Kyle, and thanks for uh, keeping up calling me Marshmallow. Appreciate it. I think when we, we entered season three, my goal was to come out with a nickname, and we've accomplished that. That's right, so, the Duke. Marshmallow and the Duke. In all seriousness, we are grateful to our finest work fans. A lot of the fun we have is interacting with you online, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Well, here we go. As always, we like to start with our memory of an album. So, Matt, what is your memory of The Killers' Hot Fuss? I didn't always have it so easy, mm. especially when I was much younger. There was a time there where it was just my ma and me. She worked really hard. She washed clothes for people in town. The people she washed clothes for, they, they weren't particularly nice to her. They treated her like an animal. Mm. And even, even the mayor's wife was pretty awful about it. And I did my part by trying to do odd jobs around town. But the thing that kept us going was music and singing. So when, whenever times got tough and we were trying to just make ends meet, you know, we would sort of lift each other up with, with song and by singing. Mm -hmm. I really found like my tribe in a band I was in. It was me, my friends Wendell, Harvey, and Charlie, we called him Muskrat. We're in the holiday season. This time can be so stressful trying to make ends meet and you've got the pressure of buying gifts and, and all that. Mm -hmm. There was a year where it was really tough for us, but we found out that there was going to be a local talent show. Ooh. The prize money was $50, which is a lot now, but back in, which was essentially depression era America, <laughs> was a lot of money. It, it would have made a big difference in our lives that time. We entered the show. Um, we're feeling pretty good about our chances. The rival 
band in town is also in this talent show. They're your classic rough rock and roll band. I mean, they even got like a drummer who like spits on the crowd. That's insane. They were a nightmare, but they were also really, really good. In the end, they ended up winning the talent show. We're all walking home after the show. And again, all of us, what keeps us going is music. So we start you know, just singing a song out there in the street. And then Doc, who owns one of the local restaurants, hears us and he's just blown away. And he comes up and he actually offers us a regular job as like the house band in his restaurant, mm-hmm. which we make more money doing that than we would have winning the $50 talent show. He just could not stop talking about how good we were. And I said, man, no one has ever made such a hot fuss over our band like this. And he goes, hot fuss? <laughs> I like that Gucci dude debut album by The Killers. Man, that thing is awesome. And that was the first time I'd heard of The Killers. Okay. Oh, and did I mention that we were otters? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and otters jug band Christmas. <laughs> Is that like a Christmas special? It's a, it's a Muppet Jim Henson special. <laughs> Wait, and they played so <laughs> they played against a band who spit on the crowd. Yeah, the Nightmare Band featured a, a drummer who was, I believe was either a snake or a fish, and they would like spit in the crowd. And they had like a grizzly bear. It's like a was this guitar. on TV? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. It's from how it's, did I miss it? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite Christmas things ever have you showed it to your kids no because we can't find it i mean like it's, like it's hard <laughs> to find are you kidding me <laughs> it sounds amazing i highly Why? recommend <laughs> in the otters jug man christmas this album in all honesty you know at that point out of college for you know a while not as in tune to new music as i would have been mm-hmm. you know five ten years before so for me it was very exciting to when i went out and bought this album to be exposed to a whole new band have a, a a new sound like this to me. Would you call it a new sound? Well, and, and that, well, <laughs> and that's the thing is like I think that's what appealed to me is yeah. that it's not a, a new sound, but it, a familiar, a familiar yeah. sound. Sounds familiar sounds. Yeah, right. We'll get into it. This album really <laughs> excited me for yeah, at that time. We're gonna dive right in. Hot Fuss debut album by The Killers starts with Jenny was a friend of mine. immediately you get a sense of where their influences were 80s british new wave bands with the keyboard and, yeah. and all that duran duran mm-hmm. as 80s kids that's a familiar sound that's our older mm-hmm. siblings we're bringing that home and we always pictured duran duran on that boat Her name 
So it's a good sound. It's a familiar sound. It makes right. you wonder what you're going to be in for with the rest of the album. To me, it's kind of an odd opening song for this album. It introduces their sound, but it's also kind of a dark song. This is one that they said was part of their murder trilogy. Yeah, apparently he's a big Morrissey fan. I'm not surprised. That's right. There was a Morrissey song called Sister, I'm a Poet. Mm -hmm. That's what inspired him to write songs about murder. So I guess that song's about murder. This is the end, right? This is the last part of the trilogy. He's already killed her, and now they're questioning him, Mm -hmm. and that ends the trilogy. Yep. Why did he kill her? Do you know? I think because she said he sounded too much like Duran Duran. (laughs) So let's talk about the band a little bit. You've got Brandon Flowers. Mm -hmm. This is one of those bands that only if you're a fan do you know the names of the rest of the band. band. Yeah, they really don't stand out. Mm -hmm. I found out they found each other through a classified ad. Oh, no way. Similar to those metal bands we talked about. Yeah. Harkening back to Guns N' Roses, that all these metal bands of the 80s found each other through classifieds. And there was a free magazine in Vegas which, how many free magazines? Right. Have you ever been to Vegas? I have. Ew, man. Don't pick up the free no, literature. No, there's stuff everywhere. Especially with your parents. And if, if <laughs> you went to Vegas with your parents? I did. Well, I, was, I, was, I was young. I was only 30. No, I'm just going to. You're turning um, 13. <laughs> no, my, my dad had a convention there one summer. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Honey, I've got to go to Vegas. It's for work. <laughs> but the whole family went. Thank yeah, you very much. Okay. But I distinctly remember like, walking down the strip with my parents mm-hmm. and some of their friends, one of which was a pastor. These lovely ladies were handing out postcards yeah. and we all grabbed one. And uh, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. They were advertising yeah. something. I've only been through Vegas on a cross country trip with delicious Mike. We did stop and play some slots, but mm-hmm. I distinctly remember just all over the street and the sidewalk everywhere. Yeah. It's just flyers yep. and handouts and the whole city is pretty pretty filthy like that it kind of is yeah yeah i've not been back listening to an interview with brandon flowers and he would scour bands and a lot of kind of new metal bands Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. but he saw one so you would put i'm interested in forming a band must like yeah must like he saw the beatles smashing pumpkins oasis and he thought that's close enough for me (laughs) first of all those bands make no sense yeah if you say the beatles you don't need to say you don't need to add oasis right so essentially this person is saying the beatles and Smashing Pumpkins. Right. <laughs> That's right. what we're going for. Yeah. If you had said, must sound like Duran Duran, Smiths, and orchestral maneuvers in the dark yeah. or something like that. And we're going to have a song that has a Bowie sound to it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try and sound like you 2 at times. Mm-hmm. We used to make fun of those ads because through the 90s, mm-hmm. when you would see those ads, whether it was a flyer or something in the local independent paper, must like Nirvana, Dave Matthews Band, <laughs> and... Johnny Cash. And Johnny Cash, yeah. It was like bands that just don't make sense together. Right. You don't really have a sound nailed down if you right. throw in all those bands. Yeah. That's how they formed. It's always inter- interesting to me that they came out of Vegas because to, to me, the, the image I have you know, based on our short experiences in Vegas mm-hmm. would be that you know a band that comes out of Las Vegas is going to be very showy. To me, they're extremely showy. That's what makes them stand out. Because they came out at a time, and this is part of the reason I don't, I'm not a fan. Right. In the early 2000s, the first thing I heard that was the beginning of this sort of revival was The Strokes. Yep. And I thought, this harkens back to the 70s. Mm-hmm. This is like a pure rock and roll sound. Who are right. these guys? They're bringing it back. And then everybody started doing that sound. Mm-hmm. Franz Ferdinand, mm-hmm. Interpol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were all these bands, and the Killers just got lumped into that. Mm. But for me, one of the things that made them stand out is that, you know, The Strokes... So they had that same look, the longer hair. They looked like they'd been sleeping on somebody's couch for days. Whereas the killers, 
look like they got up, went to the spa, yeah. you know, <laughs> got their hair done yeah. and, and put on some makeup. Yeah. They were in that vein, but mm-hmm. more showy. I think of Las Vegas as being a very like shiny, but it's also kind of seedy and dark and dirty. Okay. I see the Strokes more in that vein. With the Strokes, I mean, I think Brandon Flowers heard that album and was like, gosh, I really wish I had done that album. That was a lot of what they aspired to do. Yeah, he said he was depressed by it yeah. throughout all the songs that they had worked on. Right. I mean, you're going to be influenced, but mm-hmm. going through the classifieds, and trying to become famous, and then just finding whatever sound mm-hmm. that would get them there. Right. That's what I feel about The Killers. Gotcha. R.E.M.'s our favorite band, mm-hmm. yeah. and they became friends, and they, they weren't answering classifieds. You know? right. So it's kind of like these bands that you feel like come up together or right. join with a common purpose, mm-hmm. not just of getting famous. Right. Those right. are the bands that, that I really lean towards. Right. And so The Killers kind of had that strike against them when I found that out. Yeah, and so they really aspired to get that stroke sound or have mm-hmm. their, their spin on it and, and add in like 10 other things to right. it. And they threw out all their songs except for this one. The first song Dave, the guitarist, and Brandon wrote together is this next one. After I just tore them down <laughs> by talking about how they are just motivated by fame, a hundred influences all coming together. Right. They're in a movement that just seems like they were there at the right time. Caught up in it. All of that being said, you cannot deny that mm-hmm. this is one of the freaking best songs. It's <laughs> so good. You're right. I mean, it's almost a absolute perfect pop song. I can't find anything wrong with it. It's that. got a, a singable chorus. It's mm-hmm catchy you can dance to it yeah it's become an anthem and it's, it's somewhat similar in that way to the butt thank you thank you for it's kind of the butt of the 2000s it is, it's 2004's the butt <laughs> yes thank you i'm just glad that there's a reason to do another drop of the butt to end out season three. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> to see a song like this have that kind of lasting powers is pretty phenomenal. So initially, the stro- the f- sorry, <laughs> jerk, <laughs> the killers. I really didn't mean to do that, but it happens. <laughs> Mr. Brightside was released in 2003, and it was over the pond where it blew up. 
It is the longest charting single on the UK singles chart. It was on there for 242 weeks. Wow. The US labels get flack for not picking them up. Let's take a step back. Again, there were dozens of bands that had this look and feel. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they got passed up on was not really an embarrassing thing. They just missed it and they didn't know what they would be able to become with the album that they put together. Can you believe this is the first song they wrote together? That's crazy. Brandon had to have had a framework of it or something. I can't imagine two people getting together and writing this Right. right away. I would love to have some of the recordings of like the songs I wrote the first time with people like in eighth grade, ninth grade. It's not this. It's not this. Matt Wood, recent guest we had on the podcast, the first song that we wrote together Mm -hmm. in early high school was about our friend Matt Drain. Okay. Because we were all Matt's. So everybody went by their last name and it was called The Drain Song and it was about (laughs) Drain and his dog named Biscuit. So that tells you something about the terrible how did you songwriting. guys not get picked up thank you <laughs> yeah. i've been asking that question to should, this day you should have gone to england if we had just sent it across the pond yep. we would have been huge been bigger than beatles speaking of the beatles they played on a rooftop mm-hmm. it was in vegas and it was just a few years ago oh yeah, yeah. so as i'm searching doing yeah, the yeah, research yeah. for this album they start playing the song and brain and flowers looks exactly the same he's got the same hair mm-hmm. he hasn't gained a bit of weight and when they showed the band I thought he must have gone through like lots of people and now he's got these kind of random dudes like who are session just, musicians. Yeah, they look so grizzled and old, <laughs> right? Bloated. And Brandon looks the same. And yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same band. It should be the same band. Yeah, there were four of them. I think one of the permanent members has left. So I think there's three. And I'm not slamming the band. It's really a comment on Brandon Flowers right. having that whole Dick Clark thing where he doesn't age. They came through here, gosh, I don't know six, seven years ago, they were touring off their, on a third or fourth album. With most bands, when you've got a song that's as big as this was, mm-hmm. and then you've had some time between that flash of the major success with that song, and you've put out new stuff, a lot of bands try to distance themselves from it. But when they open up the show, they open up with this. You yeah. know? I think even they see, like, okay, if we're going to start a concert and get everyone into it, this is the perfect song to do that. People loved it. It was great. It does speak to them having more hits because if they were just a one hit deal. You'd save this. You'd save it. Yeah. Yeah. This would be the right. closing or the encore. Right. But I think one other thing that works really well for the song is lyrically, it's extremely visual. You can see the song playing out. If I'm hearing this song and I'm in high school or middle school, mm-hmm. it, I feel like would blow my mind. Mm-hmm. If I'm in middle school in 2004, I haven't grown up with what you and I've grown up with. So I don't have all those influences. Mm -hmm. And I'm also not into music at that point so much that I know about all these other bands. You know, it's like Mr. Brightside comes on the radio and that's Mm -hmm. the first thing I hear. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Mm -hmm. So I get the love Mm -hmm. for it because we have those bands too, that I'm sure there are bands that we love that people heard and they're like, Oh, this just sounds like so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, again, my issue with the killers is that you'd name 12 bands. I do appreciate that. You just basically said that, Hey, if you're in middle school and you like this and that makes sense. But if you're like 30 years old, (laughs) you're basically a dork. (laughs) Sorry. I'm such a jerk. Why do you do this podcast with me? I, I wake up every morning asking myself that. You initially thought, this will be fun. We'll talk about music. Oh, this will be fun. And then you're like, why is he so negative God. and critical and judgmental? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> 
But if I'm in high school, relationships then, dealing with jealousy. Yep. Like you said, it's very visual. Mm-hmm. This guy's tormented. He has some great lines in there. Like the one about the cigarette is just, that's what stands out to me. Yep. That he's smoking a cigarette and she's taking a drag. Even if they're just flirting somewhere, if you look across and you see, well... First of all, people aren't smoking anymore. Right, thank God. <laughs> but uh, if you saw her take a cigarette out of a guy's mouth and take a drag, not yeah. a good sign. Especially in, during COVID. How do you do that with a mask on? You know that smokers do what I do with a straw where they have a mask. And <laughs> oh, yeah. My son was doing that smoking. last weekend. Yeah, smoking. Gosh, man. He is, <laughs> he's, he's, just, he's advanced. Yep. He was drinking a soda through a, a straw. Mm-hmm. He thought he had like just solved world hunger or something. Like, look, I could do this. I didn't know this was possible. Just drinking through a straw? Through a mask. Okay. Can can you elaborate a little bit? He is advanced. You're right. (laughs) What a smart boy. I'm telling you. He learned the straw. We've got big hopes for him. There's just something very um, Smiths. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it, it, and, and, and honestly, you know, I, I never had thought about how Smithsy it was. Yeah, but particularly his singing. That's very reminiscent of the Smiths. You know me. That's that's my wheelhouse. This was the B side right. of Mr. Brightside. Now, before I said like U.S. labels get flack, right? And the U.K. saw the potential. Mm-hmm. I take that back. If you are an A and R rep and they give you Mr. Brightside on one side and smile like you mean it on the other. And you pass uh, on it. Unless you just signed Interpol right. and Hot Hot Heat and The Rapture, right. you're going to go ahead and sign these guys. So maybe it was just a matter of, we already have enough bands like that. But those two songs together, right. that's powerful. You talk about this movement of the, these like bands, this new, new wave yeah. kind of movement. I mean, this would not have been anywhere close to being quote unquote over at that point for them to get past so you're right. I mean, there'd have to be like, you know, we've got too many other bands like this. Yeah. Or we think, oh, this isn't going to stick around. The sound doesn't have lasting power. They were wrong. Do you remember the video for this? I don't. Yeah. In doing research, I looked it up this week. It's a great video. Mm-hmm. They're walking around this house and they're ghosts, essentially. Mm. And as they're walking through, it's showing, it's like a kid's birthday party, uh, like a high school party. Christmas morning and, and a funeral phases of, of life there. It's a little bit it's a little bit depressing. Right. You know, just it sounds it, like Mike and the Mechanics like the living years or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's but probably what inspired them. Pile on the inspiration. <laughs> but it also again made me think if MTV was still what it was, right. that video would have been huge. Yeah. Right. If they were in that eighties paradigm. They would have been as big as Duran Duran. Probably a lot of bands and artists and musicians from nineteen ninety eight on missed out on that opportunity of what 
a video could do could do for, for your you. career. That's right. Should we talk about how the killers actually got their name? They were watching a New Order video. The fictitious band in the New Order video was called The Killers. Like, they had the name The Killers on the bass drum. It's a great name. It is a good name. It's just a good rock and roll name. It fits them well. And that makes me wonder why no one had ever been The Killers before. This one definitely leans into the, the sort of Bowie, Duran Duran. Strokes. Strokes. It also has that sort of Bowie talk singing. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that they kind of have where... Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about like the hold steady spoken word over, right. <laughs> over rock and roll. There's going to come a time when the true scene leaders forget where they differ and get big pictures. Seth Harrell, who we had on the Nationals, a big hold steady fan. And he texted me the other day that his wife got him tickets to see the hold steady and then he said uh sorry the hold steady poetry slam <laughs> Poetry slam. Uh, we've talked about this i cannot get into talking and that to me is what the hold steady are so all you whole steady listeners out there come at me to me talking over singing is rarely done well yeah and it's not true talk singing but it has that sort of cadence yeah. to it you know, i think this was probably the song you know, mentioned earlier we finally in the u.s heard mr brightside and it was on the radio i feel like this was the song that probably then convinced me to go out and buy the album man the guy gets melody these three songs in a row i'm yeah. not even talking about jenny was a friend of mine which is right. fine yeah but to have such strong singles in a row mm-hmm. is incredible yeah. this is a catchy to me undeniable song mm-hmm. even if you hear influences and i yeah. know i keep harping on that but again, that's my sort of killer's take is that mm-hmm. I hear all their influences. I don't know that they know who they're trying to be. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, man, the guy can write. With subsequent albums, I mean, even their more recent stuff, their meshing of influences has stuck with them to the point where their sound is all these meshes of influence. You know, I'm almost embarrassed to make this analogy, but not unlike ACDC, which, you know, for 50 years, you know what you're getting with ACDC. <laughs> So you feel like you know what you're getting with them now? Well, yeah, I mean, essentially, because if you, if you listen to even the next three albums and, and you listen to the, the, the new stuff, it all has the same sound to it. So I need to push back on that because when I'm researching, I didn't research Samstown, mm-hmm. but apparently critics just railed them for Samstown. Yeah, Samstown. They had a whole do... nother group of right. influences for that one. Maybe Samstown's an outlier on that, but like with Battleborn, which I think is probably a better 
overall album than Hot Fuzz. I mean, maybe the singular thread is Brandon Flowers' voice and melody. And melody. He has a pretty distinct voice of his own. He's got a great voice. And and so you kind of feel like he's the thing that sort of ties it all together mm-hmm. from you know the beginning to the current. What is it? Somebody told me that you had a boyfriend that looked like a girlfriend that I had in February, February. of last year. Yeah. When asked about it, Brandon Flowers said that this is a song about trying to pick someone up in a club, mm-hmm. which I don't know that that line would work. <laughs> but I guess if you're Brandon Flowers, normal people like you and I shouldn't be going to Brandon Flowers for advice on pickup lines. No, that's like, probably not fair. No, whatever he says. Is so what work. you're going to do is you're going to walk into the club <laughs> with your crew. Yeah. You find the, the person you want to talk to. Right. Have your, probably your secondary bodyguard. Go tap that person on the yeah. shoulder. Ask them politely yeah. to come talk to you. That's, that's right. It's so easy. It's easy. I don't know Just, that's all you got to do. Can you imagine walking up to somebody and being like, somebody told me that you had a boyfriend. First of all, that's creepy. That's, yeah. You're a stalker. Yep. And also, then you have this weird Comparison. rabbit trail of, yeah, <laughs> your boyfriend apparently looks like this girl I dated. Yeah, last year. Can I buy you a drink? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's insulted in that. Yeah. The boyfriend? Yeah. Or the girl you dated. Right. Or she's thinking like, if you're dating a girl that looks like my boyfriend, why do you want to date me? Right. When there's nowhere else to run, is there room for one more song? One more song. If you can hold on. If you can. I had a list of like 10 songs that I just never get tired of hearing. Mm-hmm. This is definitely in the top 10. Nice. With the caveat being that for years, when we get to that anthemic part, mm-hmm. I always kind of snickered at the, the one line because yeah. I always thought it was just kind of hokey. Researching this week, it puts a completely different spin on the meaning behind it. And it gives me respect for Brandon Flowers as right. a songwriter. Right. So he had this conversation with, with Matt Penfield. None other than Matt Penfield. <laughs> So again, if you are of our generation, right? He's the host of 120 minutes. We would have killed to have had a conversation with Matt Penfield. Yeah, I mean, he introduced me to the Sundays, the Pixies, Susie and the Banshees. Yeah, 120 minutes was my window to anything cool and new. Yeah, and so 
here's bald, weird Matt Penfield yep. every week, kind of in that low, gravelly voice, yeah, introducing us to bands that changed everything. And Matt Penfield was an unassuming, kind yeah. of normal guy yep. who just happened to have one of the coolest jobs. Great host. Yeah. Because I don't want to hear Kurt Loder talking about indie rock. Right. I don't want to hear downtown Julie Brown whoa, whoa, talking whoa, whoa, about... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Actually, that's one of the things with early MTV, the people they got to host... There seemed to be an authenticity to right. them. Right. Because even Ed Lover and Dr. Dre, by Dr. Dre, I mean the host. The original the, Dr. Yeah, Dr. the original Dre. Dr. Dre. I mean, they were rappers. Yeah. And so they had a history of New York. They knew the people they were talking about. Right. Even Headbangers Ball, as, as kind of corny yeah, and goofy as it got. R- Ricky. Ricky Rocket. I'm sure he was in bands. Right. But anyway, so Matt Penfield and Brandon are having a conversation at the bar. And Matt is just getting real with them, telling them about how... His life's not going well. He's getting a divorce and just having a hard time. And tells him about mentoring these soldiers who right. have come back from Iraq. And so the songs about Matt, I've Got Soul and I'm Not a Soldier, is about the mentoring. Yeah. From what I understand, it would be Matt saying to them, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Yeah. I'm not mentoring you based on the fact that I know what it's like, but I'm just saying I know what it's like to experience suffering. Yeah. And let's walk through this. I can empathize with you, even if our experiences are completely different. And I'm not even going to pretend to know what you went through. Yeah. He like went home from this conversation apparently. Yeah. And, and wrote, wrote this. Here's the thing. I know that I'm slamming them right and left. And in the middle. Yeah. I hope that you see that as my experience with them is going on, I only gain respect for them. Right. I don't listen to the strokes anymore. Yep. I don't listen to Interpol. I don't listen to all those bands I've, I've right. mentioned. I do listen to the influences, mm-hmm. but all yeah. the bands of their ilk, man, I'm going to be listening to this album. Well, the first half, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot. Sure. They're undeniably good and talented. And I know they continued on to have a storied career that continues to this day. Yeah. But my respect for him in being able to go home and not just write a song about this guy he just had a conversation with, but to write this course. talked a lot about influences and, and when I think about the bands that I've still like and listen to to this day from all through the years mm-hmm. a lot of times there's a cleanliness of production there's not a lot of mess involved just comparing you know, like the strokes and the killers both of those bands debut albums and they're both really really good I think what always kind of turned me slightly off of the strokes was there is some messiness to it it has that sound of like Hey, we're dudes in Manhattan who are going to just get into a warehouse and crank out a, a really, really good album, but we're going to kind of leave some of the warts in. Whereas like the killers, and, and this isn't necessarily a authentic versus inauthentic discussion. No, it's more of just like, we want to craft a really good rock album, put the professionalism into it as much as we can. The difference is, according to Brandon Flowers, we wanted to be you too. Yeah. The Strokes didn't want to be you two. No. They wanted to be the New York Dolls right. of the day. Brandon Flowers and them, man, he's got aspirations. Right. And part of that is going to be taking that sort of indie sound 
and making it fill up a stadium, yeah. which is what they did with especially this very hooky, repeating yeah. line. I liken this song in some ways with the U2 references. To me, is very similar to like Walk On by U2. You should come out of this song feeling better than you were going into it. It's got heart. Yeah. It's got soul. It's, got soul. it's not a soldier. It's not a soldier. So I've talked a lot of trash <laughs> and heaped on a lot of praise. Yeah. And yet I don't know what to do with the fact that while researching them, I found them covering Carolina in my mind. No way. Have you heard this? I have not heard this. Do we have time for me? Yes, we have time for this. Here to pinch hit for James Taylor with a cover of his classic Carolina in my mind. Look, he sick or something? <laughs> Wait, James is sick. Call the killers. <laughs> Always. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. What is happening? I can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moon shining? There are so many questions. Yeah. Like, I don't hate it, but it's so bizarre. I kept waiting for, like, the joke or for them to break out into Mr. Brightside. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel, this is funny. They play the whole song straight-faced. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So add James Taylor to the list of their that list gets longer and longer. influences. You touched on it a little while ago. I mean, I think one of the detriments of this album, it is very top heavy i mean it's, can you name a more top heavy album no i will say like that so that's been my thought all these years was mm-hmm. it, it's extremely top heavy and it is some of the later songs i think are actually really good they're good in relation to the other songs on the second part of the album i almost want to just stop after all these things i've done and make it an ep right and blow the world's mind <laughs> because <laughs> what would you do honestly if you take off jenny as a friend of mine mm-hmm. if you move that and you start with Mr. Brightside and then go into Smile Like You Mean It. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me, not even talking about all these things I've done, I think that it would be a contender for best three opening tracks on a debut, on a debut album, album. Which to me is The Cars. Okay. Their opening track listing is Good Times Roll. <laughs> My best friend's girl. Just what I needed. That's pretty darn strong. It's almost like they're starting off their greatest hits. Yeah. That's the power that they have of Mm -hmm. these killer opening songs. Mm -hmm. And is the second half just not good in comparison or is it just not good i just don't like it one thing we try to do is make each other take a song off an album yeah in this case brandon flowers would make you come on stage and sing a duet of carolina in my mind (laughs) if you don't remove a song off hot fuzz okay it's a song right it's not the second half (laughs) just a song okay just Just one song. song got it the track that i'm going to remove is andy or star on the field i remember I like my killers yep. rocking out. Yep. I don't want this sort of like 70s Bowie anthem. Yep. And pulling in the choir, mm-hmm. it just falls flat. For me, to your point, it's, everything will be all right. I 
That's a drag of yeah. a song. It doesn't achieve what they're going for. No, it doesn't use their strengths. Listeners, thank you to all who voted. Yes. Congratulations, Kyle. I hope you're not upset with me. I actually ended up walking out of this with more respect for Brandon Flowers in particular, yeah. but the yeah. killers overall. And even if they were out just searching for fame, they got there for good reason. It wasn't just a packaged deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy can write some hooks yep. and they rock. But thanks for all the engagement on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Finest Work Songs on Facebook. As we're gearing up for season four, let us know what albums you'd like for us to talk about. Our tagline changed over the season. Mm. And so for those of you who are already sick of this one, this is the last time that you'll have to endure us saying. Until next time, we hope you keep pumping the deuce. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio. And you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. <laughs> <laughs>